Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Breitman. Today, we're sitting down with Stephen Seabor, licensed clinical social worker from the Center for Public Health at Stony Brook University, to talk about his work as a coordinator of the Peer Certification Academic Center at the university. Welcome, Stephen. Thanks so much for having me, Mariana. So before we dive in, can you tell listeners a little bit about your role at Stony Brook and the Peer Certification Academic Center in particular? Sure, absolutely. And um, so first of all, we're at Stony Brook, we are a regional training center, but we've also been tapped to be the Peer Certification Academic Center for the New York State Peer Worker Certification Program in HIV, Hep C, Harm Reduction, and now PrEP, which is our newly added track. So say that five times fast, right, for that title. So um, essentially there's a peer certification program so that people with the lived experience of one of those four categories has the opportunity to become a certified peer. And our role at the center is to really help oversee that application process. So we serve as a guide, helping folks uh, pick out their classes and identify which classes they need to become certified. And then most importantly, we make sure and prepare that once they submit the application, it's complete. And at that point, it gets turned over to um, the review board, which consists of peer workers throughout the state of New York. And they have the final say as to whether or not um, an applicant becomes a certified peer worker. And then what's also exciting because we are connected to the university is that the certificate is actually issued by the university and signed by, by the dean of the school. Got it. So let's get into it a little bit more. How did the need for a peer certification program come about? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. So basically, you know, throughout the beginning of the AIDS epidemic, peers were always an integral part of fighting HIV AIDS and and getting people access to services and whatnot. And through the years, peers have continued to play that critical role in terms of people living with HIV and helping folks who are also living with HIV in terms of service delivery. And as part of the, the, the blueprint for ending the epidemic in New York State, there was a directive to establish mechanisms for an HIV workforce, which included a certification program. So peer work is not new, but what's new is creating this profession where we're saying, okay, if you're a certified peer worker in the state of New York, then that means you've met certain level of training and you have work-related experience and you've you know sort of passed the, base, the criteria for becoming a certified peer worker. So it's really, really exciting um, because you know peers have the ability to use their own experience in navigating healthcare to help other people. And that helps people to you know, stay in care, to improve their health outcomes, to improve their adherence. And of course, this all works towards helping us to end the epidemic. So tell listeners exactly what the peer certification program is. So as I said, like we've kind of created now a profession of peers, right? So essentially a peer in our program is our folks who have the lived experience of HIV, hepatitis C, harm reduction, and PrEP. And essentially um, the folks then um, go through, um, you know, this is, is intended to create employment opportunities, certainly. And then also to integrate peer workers in a more profound way into the into the team, right? Because many, many programs have used peers, but not always as part of the full care team. And I, I think what we're finding is in addition to addressing stigma, that peers have that ability to really connect on a deeper level with, with the clients that they serve. 
Can you talk a little bit about why it's so important for people living with HIV to have peers as a resource in their care team? Yeah. So, so again, you know, like if I'm a care manager and I, I can do an excellent job of helping my client to get connected to care, to provide education about HIV, about other issues. But then if I'm, I'm a peer worker on top of that, and I can use my own shared lived experience, what it was like for me to navigate the healthcare system, that's a level of expertise that other members of the care team don't have. So it's really invaluable, I think, for um, someone who's seeking service, who's, who's living with HIV, to know that you know, there's, there's a person on the team that kind of gets it. And while, you know, everyone's experience is, is slightly different, there are certain common themes that folks deal with when they first learn that they're diagnosed, um, disclosing to other people, accessing their care. And so, so essentially what we've said to peers who've chosen this profession is, we need your expertise, right? Your experience accessing care, improving your own health outcomes and, and doing well and thriving while living with HIV is invaluable experience that we wanna impart on our clients and help them to do the same. For folks who might be interested, what are the program certification requirements? Sure, absolutely. So for, uh, first and foremost, um, the entire application process is navigated through uh, the New York State Department of Health Education and Training website. So where the peer would begin would be to sign up and register to create an account. And that's where any health and human service provider who's looking for training would sign up to take any of our courses. But then beyond that, so there are 90 hours of training that are required. They need to also have what we call a practicum experience, which is either work um, or volunteer experience working as a peer worker. And there are certain competencies for each of the tracks that we expect the peer to have, um, you know, ranging from patient navigation to HIV testing, maybe running support groups, right? It's not just a matter of I'm a peer living with HIV and I work at an HIV AIDS service delivery program, but that I'm also, you know, working directly with clients and I'm doing certain types of tasks. And we want to make sure they have the skills to be able to perform those tasks as well. They would submit a professional resume, which of course is going to highlight their peer work that they have done previously or are currently doing. There's an exam that's required where they need to uh, score 75% or higher. Um, the online application, again, um, one, there's something that references sort of their lived experience where they answer short essay questions that talk about their own journey to wellness, um, why they would like to become a peer worker, and to talk about some challenges that they may have faced in that road and how they overcame them. And that's really critical for the, for the board to sort of hear that because, you know, we're looking at a, a piece of paper, right? And I have the experience of not just helping them with the application, but I get to train some of the, the peers in classes that I teach. So I have a, a connection with some of them, not all of them, we're at the state of New York, but the board is just seeing a piece of paper. So when we have them write that essay question, it really, you know, an essential part of the program is that you're going to share your lived experience. So we want to see what does that look like and what has this journey been like for you in your role as a peer. Um, and then there's a code of ethics that they must adhere to, right, which essentially is, you know, uh, guides peers in their roles, relationships, and the scope of their responsibility. Um, and ultimately, the, the final step is, you know, once they submit the application and everything is complete, that final stamp of approval from the New York State um, Review Board, the Peer Certification Review Board. You mentioned some training requirements. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So it's 90 hours of training, right? It's a lot of training. Um, 
And it's not like you said, you know, you sign up and you take, you know, 30 hours over the course of three weeks. It's, it's individual courses and they're broken down by the core courses. There are 68 hours of core courses that are required. And that is the same regardless of which track you're applying for, right? It, for any of the tracks. And then the 22 hours are what we call the specialized courses, which you know, kind of think of those as your electives that might be more specific to the track you're applying for. And some examples, certainly we want all of the peers to have the basics about HIV, STI, and, and uh, hepatitis for sure. Um, there are trainings on cultural humility and cultural competency, some that are specifically focused on the LGBTQ community, health literacy courses, health equity, uh, counseling courses and basic skills on how to do motivational interviewing and harm reduction techniques. So, you know, we find that those training and those skills will help the peers in their roles in, in helping their clients. And then the specialized, again, more, you know, more individual to the track for the HIV track, which is where the majority of our peers are certified, are things like patient navigation, promoting healthcare, um, getting, uh, delivering HIV test results, things of that nature that are like more specific uh, and specifically aligned with the track to which they're applying. And who qualifies for the peer certification program? You know, who exactly is a quote unquote peer? Sure. So, you know, I've referenced this a few times, but the, the key element to the peer program is that shared lived experience, right? So literally what we're talking about for an HIV peer, you must be a person who's living with HIV. For the hep C track, you must be a person who is either living with hep C or who is currently, uh, who maybe had hep C and was successfully treated for hep C. For the uh, harm reduction track, we're really focused specifically on syringe exchange services and opioid overdose prevention. So if the peer may have um, accessed those services, then that would qualify. But if they are someone who, a person who has used maybe other substances and not access those services, they could still apply for the harm reduction if their work-related experience was in one of those settings, right? So if my if I were somebody who used cocaine and I never accessed syringe services, and now maybe I'm in recovery and I work at a syringe services now, then that would qualify for the harm reduction track. And then finally, our newest track is PrEP, right? So there, again, it's the lived experience. So somebody who is, had taken PrEP at some point or is currently taking PrEP, right? Because then they can use their own experience accessing PrEP and what that was like for them to help their clients. And then beyond the lived experience, right? So the work in the work that they do, they have to be comfortable doing what we call strategically sharing that experience, right? And that's not for everyone. Not everyone is comfortable sharing their own journey to wellness with their clients, right? And, and we say strategic because you're not going to tell your whole life story per se, but you're going to tell enough that you're going to teach them lessons that you've learned, right? Like maybe maybe I, as a peer, I've struggled with my own adherence and I'm going to tell you the steps that I took to overcome that so that I could get back on track and get to undetectable. And, and again, that, that level of expertise is so invaluable in, in trying to end the epidemic. And then of course, the work-related duties need to be reflective of the competencies that we want. I'm curious about when the program began and how many certified peer workers or CPWs there are now in New York State. Sure. Excellent question. So the program started in at the end of 2015, and I joined the Stony Brook team in towards the beginning of 2016, just as like the final touches were being um, added to the program. Like, for example, like I said, everything is online. The exam was still being beta tested and it wasn't yet uploaded into the system yet. So the application itself was finalized in, I believe, May of 2016. And our first certified peers were certified in June of that same year. And to date, um, you know, so five years plus running, we have um, 
243 certified peers in the state of New York. Something that comes to mind, you know, with everything going on these days is what has the impact of COVID-19 been on the program? Yeah, the impact of COVID has really, you know, it's really slowed things down for the most part for our peers. Um, Fortunately, we've been continuing to certify peers, but we would have, you know, an annual graduating class of anywhere from 45 to, I think our high class was, you know, over 100 peers in one year, which was fantastic. But the courses, traditionally, 95% or more of these courses are in-person deliveries, and we are not teaching in person at this time, we're still doing online delivery. So for the past 18 months, you know, these peers have not been able to access some of the courses that they needed to finish. Well, fortunately, we're in a really great place now where most of the courses have now been translated, if you will, to online deliveries so that peer workers can um, access the courses that they need so that they can get closer to finishing. And then the other setback for some, not all, but some is, you know, all programs sort of struggled with the new normal and how are we going to do service delivery? And not all peer workers in their role had the ability to either work remotely or deliver services in the way that they were delivering them before. Like, for example, we peers were tech, not escorting people to appointments, right? So, like, that kind of went away. So, you know, agencies that were able to adapt, then the peers were able to continue. But for some peer workers, that kind of slowed down their ability to complete that 500-hour requirement. What do you anticipate developing in the coming years for the program? Well, of course, for the future, we want to see more and more peers, right? We're still a fairly new program, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled that we've got almost 250. So we're going to continue to grow our sort of army of peers, if you will, in the state of New York and get us closer to ending the epidemic. But beyond that, you know, I'd like to see there to be, you know, the development of more support for programs and for for agencies and supervisors. Um, you know, there are more remote parts of New York State that, that really don't have access to a peer network. The majority of our folks are in the New York City area because that's where a lot of the programs and services are. Um, but then beyond that, you know, I'd love to see this be replicated in other states and in other parts of the world. We periodically will get folks from other parts of the country um, sitting in on classes and very, very excited about, you know, trying to start this kind of a program in their state. And I think in New York, we were very fortunate that there was already in place this education and treatment program. So that, you know, resource was already available. And then what just needed to happen was, okay, well, let's now tailor existing courses that we have and create peer-specific ones to create this program, whereas not all states have that kind of infrastructure. And if folks want to learn more about the peer certification program, where can they find information? Sure. So um, everything, as I said, is on the website for the New York State Department of Health AIDS Institute's HIV Education and Training Center program. And that website is HIVTrainingNY.org. Um, and um, on that, you know, whether or not you have an account, you have access to the information is there. And there's a full tab and page dedicated to the peer certification program that includes resources like frequently asked questions, the tracker forms for what classes are required, our course catalog, et cetera, et cetera. And then of course, as the Peer Academic Center, we provide that guidance. So people are encouraged to contact us directly. Um, our phone number at Stony Brook is 631-444-3209. And my direct line is 631-444-3208. And people can also feel free to email me at stephen.seabor at stonybrook.edu. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today and telling us all about the Peer Certification Academic Center at Stony Brook University. 
We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about Nika AETC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.nikaaetc.org. That's www.nikaaetc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at nikaaetc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at nikaaetc.org. Stay safe and we'll see you on Thursday for our next episode of Nika in the Know. This presentation is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.